You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Welcome back to the SA Weekly Talk Show here. Mike Callahan with co-host Cody Owen is always coming back to you at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Central. Special guest today, Sean Day of Blue Skies Admin Services. Going to be diving in and talking all things recruiting employees and how the recruiting game has probably changed here during um, the, the COVID times and how some of the, the practices of recruiting um, have either changed or uh, pivoted a little bit during uh, this new time to actually go out and get employees. And I know Sean really appreciate you coming on here, but uh, uh, give you a sec to kind of introduce yourself. But I think one thing that we all can uh, agree upon being in the service industry right now is hiring and going out and recruiting employees, whether it was lawn care, home cleaning, pressure washing, soft washing businesses uh, was not an easy thing pre-COVID. And now uh, there's some extra layers of complexity. So Sean, if people have never met you, um, if you don't mind, just give us a little background on how you cut your teeth in the service industry and uh, you know came to uh, market with Blue Skies Admin Services. Sure. So uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me. We um, I, I owned a cleaning company for about 20 years. And uh, about four or five years ago, I told my wife, hey, let's get this thing ready to sell and, and, and get it ready. Maybe in, in three years, we'll sell it or so. About two months after that conversation, I sold my business to Blue Sky Services. Uh, things just rumbled into into place, and so our strategy, as as we uh, consolidated Blue Skies, was mainly at that time an exterior cleaning company. I had the inside stuff. Let's get together and do it. So we ended up, uh, as part of our strategy, buying other cleaning companies. And what we found out rather quickly was we suck at recruiting. We thought we were pretty good at recruiting. We were no good at recruiting. Uh, and what happens is, you know, you buy a company with 30, 40 employees, something like that. And, and George has owned it for, you know, 30 years and George goes away to retire. About eight or nine of their staff goes away because George goes away and Kathy goes away. And and so what we did was I said, we, we're never going to be able to execute on this unless we put a world-class automated system together for our own company. So we did that, we were able to grow. It's very unlikely that we're short staffed for very long at all anymore in any market, labor market. And what had happened, Mike, was we had a bunch of our colleagues, power washing companies, buddies, and, and a lot of people I've known for years in the cleaning industry saying, how are you doing these things? And we scratched our head and said, hey man, there is a huge untapped uh, niche here. Nobody's helping our businesses, our buddies out there that own cleaning companies, power home, home service companies, lawn companies. And so we started a recruiting service. We've done it for now for about two and a half, three years. And we service well over a hundred clients now. And that's how we, we sort of stumbled our way into this thing. So Cody, you're moving, Mike's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we might've lost Mike for a second there. So what when you guys realized that you had this problem of like oh man we are not actually great at recruiting what were the first big hurdles that you guys had to jump over to make that work i think the first thing that i envisioned was getting it automated because you, you know when you recruit we call it blue collar i've got a, a facebook group called blue collar recruiting it's uh, we go live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern and we talk about those those things to your point, Cody. And, and the thing was, it needs to be automated because we in our industries, we hire quickly. We have high turnover. 
Um, it, it's not like, you know, hiring a nurse that's going to be around for 10 years and, and it takes forever to go find and qualify somebody. We got to move fast. If you have to move fast and in the, in the power washing game, it's $100,000 that one employee can bring in in revenue. You don't want to be waiting to get a power washer. You need to, so automation was probably the first thing that I wanted to dig into. And then the other thing was how the hell do we pre-screen these people um, properly? And, and, and I think, I think there's, there's three parts to a job description and application flow. Then there's, how do you screen it when you get all these applications coming in and how do you automate it? Because I don't have all day to look through literally 500 to a thousand resumes every day. And that's, that's the number one hurdle that all of our clients have when they've come to us is I don't have time for this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so you introduce automation into this cycle and that takes the, a lot of the, the like labor burden off of you to have to review all of these clients or yeah. sorry, all of these applicants. Yeah. Um, what are, so a lot of the things that I hear in recruiting and you probably have a way to weed this out. There are a lot of people who will apply and like look good on paper and then don't show up to the interview. Oh yeah. The no shows. Yeah. 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 Is, do you have an explanation for these no shows? What, what yeah, are they? I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very data driven. I'm very like e-myth Michael Gerber stuff. And uh, so we've got some data behind that. Actually. I, I think it's never going to stop or go away. Number one, especially if you're finding a employees because they're smart people and they're probably uh, going to interview three or four different places. So that's tough. So here's the, the, the data. If somebody reaches out to you to set up an interview and you've already screened them and they're ready to interview or you reach out to them, if you do not set that interview up within 24 hours or less, you've got a 67% chance that that's going to be a no-show. Dang. And is the, the theory that yeah. they found something else? Yeah, that they've already found something else or the boss has said, hey, you know what? I, I want to keep you. I'll give you that raise. Please just don't go. There's, you know, so there's a variety of things like that that happen. Um, you know, and, and you have to keep in mind, you know, when you're out recruiting, you see that pipeline and you see that person coming through, but that person's probably talked to three other business owners a week or two prior to you, yeah. you know, and maybe the boss, the, the boss is struggling to, to figure out if they want to keep that person and give them that raise to stay. And then the other uh, piece of data, uh, to answer your question too is, so let's say that you do set up that interview within 24 hours or less and schedule it. Um, if you, if you don't, um, if, if you don't reach out and get back to them within 24 hours, 67% chance, you've got another 23% chance if you don't follow up and confirm it. And, and our, our philosophy on that has changed. We used to say, if they don't show up, to hell with them. Well, it's it, would you, would you do that in marketing? Okay, <laughs> marketing. You know, again, a client. You you would you marketing and recruiting are so much the same. It's just it's scary how how similar they are. You wouldn't do that in marketing. So you you chase down prospects and you you give them an estimate. You want to do business with them. You chase them down a little bit until you better do that with an A player because they don't last very long in this market. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, it sounds like building an automated system solves a lot of the problems that 
that most service businesses run into in recruiting. Where, so what is your, like, if we're thinking about it in a marketing context, what does your top of funnel look like yeah. for recruiting? Great question. It's very similar. So, you know, we our funnel on the top is as big as the globe. It's huge. I don't care how many, you know, we, we hear this all the time. I can, I get a hundred applications from Indeed and they all stink. You know, we hear that all the yeah. time and, and it's true. It is true. But what tends to happen is we want this huge funnel on top. Um, a, a big mistake that we used to do is we used to pre-screen in the job description. And we found that to be a big no-no. And here's what would happen. We, we would have something, you know, in general, if you do this, you're in trouble. If you don't do that, you better do this. They're looking at this job description going, there's no way I want to apply to the. So you, you don't want to, you don't want to pre-screen the living daylights out of them during the job description. That's a big mistake. I don't care if there's 10,000 applications, as long as it's automated, our system will find two or three out of, and, and the data is we'll find about three to four out of every hundred to interview. And then out of that, we'll probably um, hire two. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you definitely need to have something screening those applicants for you. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so let's look at those kind of winnow points in our funnel here. Okay. Um, so we're trying to bring in as many people as possible. We're not trying to scare them off at the very beginning. We're, we're reeling them in. And then, so you get a certain number of people fill out the application at that point. They've converted to like, so I work in digital marketing. That's my like whole yep. job. So I'm going to continue talking about it in these terms. So then we're hitting kind of our, our middle of funnel where they've given us information and what is your criteria to flip someone from, okay, this was an applicant. What, what separates them to someone you want to interview? Sure. Um, so once they get in as an applicant, what we have set up is we've got very spe industry specific questions, which is our online application. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, about 23% start it, never finish it because it does take a little bit of time and that's okay. We want people that are serious about the job. And what happens is when they do our online application and hit submit, it automatically gives us a score. So when we start our day or we go in there at night, there's going to be a bunch of applicants and there's going to be scores that are green, yellow, red. And based on the way they answered the questions, if they're at a... Uh, if they're below our minimum criteria or our minimum score, and, and this is in the middle of the funnel now, mm -hmm. they basically get an email that says, thank you very much, go away. Much more professional than that, but that's what it says. Yeah. The ones that are above that, we're not done there. We take them on and have them do an assessment, a personality assessment. So step one is industry-specific questions. And if they make it that and they pass that, then they have to do personality assessments and they're scored on that as well. So we take a sort of a, a combination type of score of that and we, uh, we then start to review the resume. So there's all these pre-screening um, things that we do in the middle of the funnel before they drip down. Yeah. So then it sounds like this, this personality assessment that gets you that like composite score is what's flipping to the final, like to pull them into the bottom of the funnel. Um, so what, 
I remember like taking some of these uh, quizzes when I was, you know, like high school, early college, you know, applying to work at, at bigger companies to do like retail or, uh, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Like companies use those. Is this kind of the like, like among retail workers, they're kind of known as the like, you know, would you steal quiz? Is right. that kind of what we're talking about? Or, or what does that look like? Uh, a little bit. I'll give you the title of a few of them. So there's a, a, a couple personality assessments we use and like one is um, level of optimism, how optimistic is the person, mm -hmm. integrity, which touches on stealing and, and things of that nature. Um, so we want honest people that are positive and we feel at that point we could pretty much mold anybody into being with training into being a good uh, technician or office manager or whatever it is. But but we go further. One of my favorites is emotional stability. <laughs> so so you know let's face it we in in most of the industries we touch on in our cleaning businesses around the country our blue skies cleaning businesses. You know, we're not hiring um, people that are making, you know, driving Porsches and have 50 grand in, the, in their savings account and those sort of things. We all have problems, which is fine. We want to make sure that you're stable enough, emotionally stable enough to come in and handle the stress of the job. That's really what that's all about. And then there's uh, a couple others uh, that we use, conscientious. In other words, you know, do we have to babysit you? Uh, that type of thing. We don't like babysitting employees once we get them trained. So there's a lot of that type of thing um, that we look for in those personality assessments. And and if, if you've got time and you want me to, I can touch on some of those industry specific questions too. I think those are really what, what was it? That was a game changer for us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's dive into those. I okay, just so already yeah. knows what's going on with Mike real quick. He sent me a message that he is locked out of the, the tool that we're using. So he can see and hear us, but he can't get in for some reason. Uh, so it will just be you and I, Sean. We'll, we'll carry the day. No problem. Hey, Mike, if you're if you're able to hear me, text Cody a, a question if you got any questions, man. There you go. Yeah, uh, get that open on another screen. So, so uh, let's see. We So we own some cleaning companies. So one of the questions we ask, um, and I'll give you two that you would think on the surface are reasonable things to be upset about. And so we set the table with these questions that we call the three questions, the three um, um, thing, the things that would upset you the most if you got this job. And we have three choices. You don't come up with your own. So you choose one, two or three, and we grade those. So remember, we score these automatically. So depending on how the answer, there's going to be a really good answer that we score well an okay answers average and a really poor answer. So here's one of the questions out of these three things, what would upset you the most? The worst answer is this. There's somebody that is always late to work, never on time. And the owner or manager never does a thing about it. Okay. On the surface, that seems like something very reasonable to be upset about because you're getting the kids out the door. You're trying to get to work and you're never late. And you really work hard not to be late. Reasonable. Okay, let me spew the data on it, uh, because it, once we get emotion out of the stuff, we can we can really figure some things out. And the data, at least for Blue Sky Services and most of our clients, is that that person, the common denominator without, with practically no exceptions, mm -hmm. is your gossip king or queen, or your drama king and queen. And if you think about it, I'm telling you, I'm going to be really upset depending on what somebody else either does or does not do. Okay. 
thank you. I'd rather you just come to work and not worry about what Fred's doing. Maybe, maybe Fred came to me and as the owner of the business and said, Hey, I just found out some really bad news about my son. You know, he's got, he's got this attention disorder and I've got to go see a psychiatrist with him every morning for an hour. You know, I've been here for a couple of years. It won't, you know, it's only for a month. Is that okay, boss? Well, maybe, maybe they don't want to announce that to everybody in the office. So just mind your business, come to work. So that's a, that's a big deal. Another one I love, and I'll just have, I'll, I'll have one more for you. And again, on the surface, it seems very reasonable. Somebody would be upset about it. And it's this one. The worst answer out of the three that are going to upset you the most, if you get this job, my paycheck is off by $20. My paycheck's off by $20. So you're going to tell me that you're going to be upset about that. And that's going to really steam you over if 20 bucks is. Now, there's two things with that. One is I never said that we underpaid you. What if, what if we overpaid you? So the mindset of somebody, okay, that's number one, goes right to the negative. That, that boss, that owner, that company, that, it, it, they pit the employee and boss thing, which, which is a nightmare. But the other interesting thing about that is what, I've, what my gut sort of tell me out of 20-some years of doing this is that I am convinced that good employees know they're good employees. I am even more convinced that bad employees know they're bad employees. Okay. What yeah. do we tell our good employees? Man, if I could clone you, I love you. Here's a, to take your spouse out to dinner on me. You're the best. I love it. You all, you know, they, they hear good things. Mm -hmm. What do we tell bad employees? You know, you know, Mrs. Jones is complaining about her, her windows or, or lawn again. What's going on? You can't be late all the time. They hear that all, not just where they're at today. They've heard that all their lives probably. Okay. Yeah that's what they hear. So the mindset of a good employee, their mind doesn't go to that answer because they know they're going to be taken care of. It might've been a mistake, but they know that they're going to be taken care of because if it happens with me and my employees, I'm taking money out of my pocket called cash and going here. I got a 50 or a couple twenties. I'm sorry. I was 20 off. It'll never happen again. Okay. Yeah. If you're a bad employee, the chances of me pulling money out of my pocket are pretty slim and none. If I keep wondering where you're at, why you're not showing up and you're breaking things all the time. <laughs> okay. I think that's a reasonable thing to, to, um, you know, to think that that's something to be upset about, but the data shows completely different. Yeah. Kind of looking at where, where their mind goes when they see a, an like a, a little bit of a vague, thing they can right. take it a positive way they can take it a negative way and and looking for for what they're going to do because that's how they're going to handle uh you know a normal problem that arises yeah. and, and you, know, you know what's really cool about it one of the biggest challenges i had in developing the the system and and most i think have or don't think about is matching your culture in your job description and all the way through that funnel that you, you call the funnel. And, and I think some of these industry specific questions lay that out. And I'll give you another, another example of that and how you can match culture, which is huge. And that is most house cleaning companies, for example, don't work on weekends, don't work nights and, and don't work major holidays. That's pretty much a, a commonality in a lot you know, hundreds of cleaning companies around the country. So one of the questions I like to ask is, and, and, and it's advertised that you don't, that's a selling point. You don't work weekends, you don't work, you know. And so what happens is I'd like to ask the question, um, which one of these three things would upset you the most? And the worst answer is, 
I have to work five Saturdays in a row. And I was told I didn't have to work weekends. Mm -hmm. And so our culture, at least at Blue Skies, is literally one of our core behaviors is plow horse. We work like a plow horse, do whatever it takes to make that customer happy in reasonable terms. So I don't like when somebody says I can't work on a Saturday. Um, you know, that bothers me. It's not part of our core behaviors. It's not part of our, our company culture at all. Mm -hmm. And that happens in lawn care companies too, when like normal, yeah. they don't work Saturdays, but you know, it rained all week and we have to yep. put it up or we're going to, you know, <laughs> we're not going to make payroll if no one pays us to mow their lawn. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So what are kind of to, to wrap up here, what are some of the big like aha moments that you wish you could have given yourself, you know, three years sooner? Um, I, I, I think probably being very careful on the job description is, is probably the one that really was a, a big change for us. Because like I said, there, we were, we were really screening people pretty hard in the job description. Mm -hmm. And when I, when you read back through some of the things we used to do, I wouldn't let my daughter apply for a job with us. <laughs> you, know, I just, you know, there was just too, it was too negative. It was too, um, you better do this. You better not do that. And it's like, you know, um, it just, it just wasn't good. The other thing, and I'll give it, this is, this was huge. And I recommend this for everybody out there listening on the, what we did was once we did hire somebody. Okay. One of the things that we did was we knew a new person would come in on their first day. We actually had somebody waiting by the door for that person. And when they noticed that person driving into the parking lot, they were to run out by the car with a big smile. So you, we would find the, the most, you know, positive human being that would love that type of job. And it's sort of a fun, goofy thing if you let it be. So that personality, that person runs out there. The first thing they see on the first day of their job is this smiling son of a gun sitting there. Can't wait to meet you. You already know their name. Don't ask them their name. Hi, Michelle. My name's Joanne. Nice to meet you. We can't, we've been waiting for you. We can't wait to see you. We got either coffee or juice for you. We've got donuts, bagels, or fruit, whatever you want. That's what somebody wants to hear on their first day. What yeah. typically happens and what was happening prior to that was, and well, how much does that cost, by the way? About nothing. Yeah. You know, a little bit of breakfast. You know, that's yeah. nothing. So what, one of the things we used to do is somebody would come in, there'd be three people outside smoking a cigarette going, man, I, this Monday suck. I can't, stand <laughs> I can't believe Mrs. Jones. She saw you. That's what they hear. That's what they hear on their first day of work. Um, they're not going to last. Long the yeah. And it's, it doesn't cost you anything. It really doesn't. Yeah. Well, Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Mike usually does the, the wrap up. So uh, we are, this will be up on Spotify and other podcast apps uh, here in the next couple of days if you want to re-listen um, or if you want to subscribe so you can listen in the car to future episodes. Um, yeah, we're back every Friday at noon central. I'm not going to try to do the other time zones because I will mess them up. Um, but Sean, thanks so much for helping us out today. And uh, just to remind people, where can they find you online? Sure. The best way to do it is um, is probably just to message me on Facebook. Okay. Um, if not there, you can go to um, yourblueskies.com. 
yourblueskies.com. But Facebook's the, the easy way. If you look up Blue Collar Recruiting, mm -hmm. we've got a, a Facebook Live every Thursday night. We've got about 600 members in the group. We usually get about 3,000 views, something like that. 9 p.m. Eastern time every Thursday night, we have a, a Facebook Live going on. And I'll be more than happy to talk shop with anybody out there. Uh, we do have a recruiting service. Um, we can give you a demo of how we can help you, a uh, 15-minute demo. But I, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. I've been doing this long enough. I don't hard sell a thing. If, if you want to use us, that's fine. If not, I love talking shop. I'll help you in any way I can. Awesome. Sean, thanks so much. All right, Cody. Take good care. Have a good weekend now, bud. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Now we're waiting for Mike to disconnect us. <laughs> I'm going to click off. Yeah, go ahead and click off. All right, bud. Take good care. You too. If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an Estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.